The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week is every week. We're putting you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And we've got a very important topic today for well, pretty much everybody. It doesn't matter what your strategy is you have to know how to find the great deals, whether those are great residential deals, commercial deals, note deals, doesn't matter. You got to find the great deals. And my guest today is an expert on exactly that. Kathy Kennebrook started off her real estate investing career with a huge bang by simply taking what she had learned from her corporate job and applying it to real estate through lots and lots of direct marketing. She still to this day closes well over 20 deals each and every year. She's joining us by phone from her home in Florida. Kathy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Well, thank you, Vina. Um, glad to be here. And Kathy, I think I may have actually understated the number of deals that you, did. you are doing <laughs> in today's market. Uh, so um, f fill us in a little bit about what you're doing down there because uh, the Florida market, of course, was very, very hard hit by the real estate bubble. And in fact, there's folks out there saying, oh, it's still got another 10, 15, 20% to drop. And yet you're every week buying and selling houses. We are. Um and, and act, actually, the market here in Florida, as far as I am concerned, it's kind of like the best it's ever been. And one of the things that's made my world a little different from some of the folks that I teach and that I work with throughout the country is the fact that even in the height of the pre-foreclosure market and the short sale markets and so forth, we continued to run our machine using direct mail marketing and bringing in lots of motivated sellers to fill our pipeline while all of that other stuff was going on. So we were bringing in cash on a regular basis while we were waiting for all that other stuff to close. And so right now, um, it's just better than it's, than it's ever been. And we're probably doing about four or five deals a month right now, mm -hmm. um, about one a week. Um, as a matter of fact, the, my rehab manager came to me today and said, stop, please, stop, we've got to get caught up. <laughs> and I said, no, you need to hire more people. <laughs> so um, it's been a really great market. And, and direct mail marketing is, as just like you said, is one of the, the real key points 
to building a solid cornerstone in your business long term. No matter what your real estate market is doing, you're going to continue to bring in and fill your pipeline with really great deals. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I love it, and it works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, there's been a real push uh, over over the course of the last four or five years uh, in the real estate education world toward everything's online, right? You have you right. set up a website, people come to your website, they give you all the details about their property, and then you're going to buy all the houses that you need just by being on the web. Um, my, my feel for that is there is a place for web marketing, definitely, in, in your real estate business, but people still respond to having a letter or a postcard in their hand more so than oh let me let me go google who's buying houses in my area which is what has to happen right for a website do you Correct. do you uh do you foresee even with i you know the post offices slowed down the mail the mail's more expensive than it used to be do you foresee any time in the next 5 to 10 years that direct mail will not still be the most effective way to market Absolutely not. Vina, I've been doing this for 14 years now, and what I am seeing, and and I just got back from a couple of boot camps in the last couple of weeks, and I was teaching folks there. Like you're saying, they need to integrate internet marketing and, and, you know, different types of marketing to create a long-term plan for their business. You and I both know you have to integrate between three and five different techniques in your marketplace in order to bring in the highest number of quality leads. What's happening in today's market, and again, I've been at this 14 years. I'm in the trenches every single day. I'm a real guru doing the real business every day. And I'm telling you straight up, there are a large percentage of folks who do not have computers. And I know your audience is going, no way, but it's the honest truth. That's the truth of it. I had a lady, I am making an offer on a property um, um, uh, Monday. I'm going to see her on Monday. And she called me, and her husband had passed away nine months ago, and she got a letter from me. She does not have a computer. She's an elderly lady. Um, She's 70 years old, and she does not have a computer. She got my letter. She knew that she would eventually be selling her house. She put my letter in her address book, folded folded it in four, put it in her address book, and held on to it for nine months. And then two weeks ago, her dog chewed it up. And so she had to put it all back together again and glue the, and she scotch taped all the little pieces. I mean, she told me all this on the phone and scotch taped it all back together again so she could get the phone number and call me. Um, And I hear that a lot. I have folks that will tell me that respond to my direct mail and say, please make me an offer. You know, please make, make your offer to me in writing. Do not call me. Um, so people are still very much responding to direct mail. And, and one of the things that I do, Vina, in, in the body of my direct mail pieces is I give the person the option. We give them lots of different ways to contact us because the more ways you give a seller to contact you, the more of them will because you're reaching them at their comfort level. And one of those comfort levels is that we do give them our website address. So if they choose that route, they, they can go there. So they, they can either contact me by mail, they can contact me by fax, by email or by simply going to my website. Um, And I'll tell you that probably 50% of those folks contact me by email and by snail mail. Mm -hmm. So you tell me. Mm -hmm. Those are my numbers, and that's every single day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I mean, part of what we're we're looking at right now is is a – is a generational transition. I mean, it, it, my my mother has a computer. 
She knows how to use email. She has a Facebook page. However, it would never occur to her if she wanted to sell a house to go online and look for someone to buy her house. I mean, she still reaches for the yellow pages when she wants a service, you know? Right, exactly. And and as you, uh, you know, as... as as that generation and the generation following, you know, I, I, I still sometimes find myself, you know, I'm more likely to look up somebody's phone number online than I am to go to their website and order right. something. Uh, and then you got these kids that are, you know, under 35, well, like myself, of course, that, um, that uh, the first thing they are going to think for any service is go online, but they are not the ones who tend to own the houses that Correct. we want to buy. <laughs> The other point there, Vina, is the fact that there's the personal aspect. Most of the sellers that I deal with, no matter what age range they're in, still look for that personal contact. And like you say, they're not going online and looking, you know, you know, somebody to buy my house kind of thing. They're, they're looking for signs locally. They're looking for a referral from someone. They're looking for that direct mail piece they got. Um, and one of the things that I also do is I do residual mailings. So I mail a person more than once. And so you're building a rapport with this individual consistently, and they respond to that. It doesn't matter what age group they're in, they respond to that. You're building credibility. You're building a rapport with this person. And they will respond to my mailings even if they get contacted by somebody in the interim mm-hmm. or in another, you know, in another way. So that, that's one of the reasons that I really like the direct mail because just like you're saying, people don't you know, kind of go online and go, you know, someone to buy my house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today to Kathy Kennebrook about how how marketing to buy properties actually works. There's a lot of theory about that, but we're talking today to one of the top experts in the country who has had enormous success with direct mail. If you have any questions for Kathy, if you're in the greater Cincinnati area, call 772-9658. If you are listening to us on the web, call 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Kathy Kennebrook, and we are talking about direct mail. Kathy is a real estate investor from the Tampa area that wholesales properties, rehabs and resells, has even has some rentals, I understand, Kathy. Yep, so yep. Mm-hmm. pretty pretty much some uh, pretty much a, a, a generalist who gets the deals in the door and then figures out how they are going to make money. Uh, she is known throughout the country as the marketing magic lady because all of this is based on Uh, direct mail campaigns that she does. Kathy will be one of the guest speakers at the 2012 OREA National New Strategies Summit. So if you don't get your question answered today, you can certainly come and see her on November 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th. Uh, There's more information about that at wmkvfm.org. If you would like to grab her for some questions today, give us a call at 877-772-9658. Or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. And we will try to get those on before the end of the show. Remember, if you are emailing, please do it early. It's, I, I keep walking out of the studio, going home, and finding questions in my inbox that were sent toward the end of the program. 
that I simply did not get. So askvina at gmail.com or 877-772-9658. Have a question here already, Kathy, from JC in Las Vegas. He says, how does Kathy choose to handle calls from sellers who have properties that are fully leveraged and their mortgage payment is as much or more than their property would rent for, but they are still current on their payments? Good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We actually have several different ways that that we handle those. Um, One, I mean, we've done situations where we've had them, you know, simply deeded to us, held on to them, given them an opportunity to increase in equity. Um, So there's actually several different ways. Each, you know, it's on a case-by-case basis and with what the seller wants to do and so forth. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and it's it's an important... uh, thing to say here, Kathy, for folks who may have never tried direct mail marketing, or maybe they tried it in a limited way, and they got really frustrated because everybody who called them wanted too much for their house. I hear that all the time. Even you, with your set of preferred motivated seller types, it's not the case that every seller who calls can sell at a price that makes you happy, wants to sell at a price that makes you happy, has the right property. Right. Um, it, it's it's very much a numbers game. And the number that's, that's usually thrown out there is about one out of every 20 calls has the right combination of property area, price, motivation, uh, you know, ha- has, has the deal. Um, and, and of course, you can expand that number a little bit by having more than one strategy that right. that you know how to you know if you know how to wholesale but you also know how to uh ron, ron legrand was on about six weeks ago talking about um uh, lease option assignments on pretty houses so if you knew how to do both of those things obviously you could make more out of those 20 calls than if you only knew one or the other right exactly but the the key is just get a lot of calls right and hone in on a specific – one of the things, as you know, Vina, I have several different types of direct mail campaigns that I use to target specific types of audiences who have folks that are much more likely to want to work with me and have the kind of deals that I'm looking for. So that's the other thing that we do a lot is, it, you know, it, it depends on exactly the types of sellers that we're focusing on. Um, and so, and we get a lot of really, really great deals coming in. We can't take everything. Um, sometimes I actually have two realtors that I'm really tight with and I work a lot with and they do a lot of extra stuff for me. And so when I find a really great deal and it's something I can't, I can't deal with, I'll turn it over to the, one of the realtors as well. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to deal with folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Kathy, uh, we we wouldn't have enough time in three shows to go through every different kind of motivated seller that you <laughs> that you uh, that you contact. And I know, I, like like at the at the OREA convention when you were there three or four years ago, I think you went through like eleven or eighteen or something. It was a huge number of different kinds of sellers that you like to contact. Uh, but right. give give us some quick examples for, for folks who are saying, all right, who are these motivated sellers? Do I just pick a zip code and mail to everybody? Give us some examples. Okay. Well, for example, one of my favorite direct mail campaigns, as you know, um, is to out-of-state owners. And out-of-state owners are really great targets because sometimes they've inherited a home and they don't live there. 
Um, in fact, I have that one come up fairly often, where I'll have somebody in Michigan or California who inherited a home in Florida. They haven't been to Florida. Maybe they haven't even seen the home. I mean, I've had them like that. Out-of-state owners are, are awesome. Sometimes you'll get somebody that, you know, maybe they bought it as a vacation home. Maybe they bought it as a retirement home, and their situation has changed. So out-of-state owners are ideal targets for me. I also target quit-claim deeds. I do quit-claim deed mailings. Um, in addition to many other types of deals, that brings me a high number of estate and probate properties, which are awesome deals for you. Um, we actively target vacant houses every time we get in the car and go somewhere. I mean, those are free leads. So, you know, those are a constant source of free leads for you. And every time I get in the car, I have an iPad, and, and I've got a program in my iPad, and I take a picture of that house, and it gives me the address of the property and takes a photograph of it. And then when we get home, we research those. Um, and vacant houses are, are great deals for us. Um, I also do I do farm areas by zip code, but using very specific parameters within those zip codes. So I'm finding some really great luxury properties, which are like big paychecks. And then we also work in those really nice middle-income areas because not only are there a lot of great deals there, but when you get ready to wholesale that property or lease option that property or rent that property or retail that property, there are a lot of folks who want to live in these areas, and it's a lot easier to sell those. Um, I also work with sellers who own their properties free and clear without mortgages, and what that means for me is creative financing with those sellers, so they're holding the paper for me as well. So. We create direct mail campaigns giving us various scenarios depending on what we want to do in our business. So if you want to wholesale properties, you can do that. You know, if you're looking for, you know, a situation where you're going to have a seller hold the paper for you, you can do that. So we, we, we give folks and, and myself the option to find sellers by whatever specific parameters they need in their own business. You know, if they have private lenders and they can buy and rehab them and retail them, they can focus their direct mail that way. If they're holding properties to build long-term equity, they can develop direct mail campaigns that way. If they need money like they need oxygen and we need to wholesale some deals to get money coming in right now, they can focus their attention and, and their direct mail campaigns in a way that will bring them a high number of those types of deals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you have any questions on how to improve or maybe institute your direct mail, give us a call <laughs> at 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. Um, uh, Kathy, this is a this is a topic that 99.9% of all the investors that I meet, even if they're new, are aware that they should be doing. And yet, I think maybe 12% are doing it. Right. Or they do it once and they never do it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and getting into the habit and building a machine that's going to bring you deals continuously is just the cornerstone of any business, um, it does, not even real estate, any business. I mean, you've got to get out there and get people that message and let people know that you're out there and you want to buy houses. I mean, if you don't let people know that you buy houses, you won't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know a part of, part of your part of your talk at uh, OREA this year that's that's different than it has been uh, in in past years when you've been there is about automation. About correct. How, how am I not the one who sits there and addresses postcards or downloads lists or whatever. And o- over the years, just from my own experience, I have come to believe that uh, if you don't automate, it just is never going to go out as regularly as it should. 
Exactly. And and with uh, with the advent of, of people like virtual assistants, it is much cheaper to automate than it was 10 years ago. It is. Um, and I actually, um, and, and I'm looking forward to being at OREA, by the way, um, but what we've actually done is I have created a plan for the real estate investor, whether they're just starting out or whether they're a seasoned investor who's been in the business long term, um, to where they can start very simply doing the letters themselves, whether they want to hire someone to do the letters for them, or whether they want to send that letter in the list to companies that we have made available for them to do all of the work for them. So depending on where they are in their business, we give them all kinds of options to automate it, even if they're just like getting started and they just don't have very much money this week kind of thing. And that's why I was when I got started 14 years, 14 years eh, ago, and I understand it. So um, we, we give them all kinds of options, and that's one of the things that makes my system so special is, is the fact that, you know, that they can customize their direct mail campaigns and customize their marketing to whatever's happening in their personal situation and in their personal business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, numbers here in the studio if you have questions for Kathy, 877-772-9658. You can also send an email to askvina at gmail.com. We are taking your questions and comments today on the topic of direct mail. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Kathy Kinnebrook, a.k.a. the Marketing Magic Lady, uh, guest at the upcoming OREA convention and uh, extremely well-known throughout the country uh, for the fact that she is a marketing monster. She markets all the time to all kinds of people and uh, gets lots of deals as a result, as will you if you will just do the same thing. You can give us a call at 877-772-9658 or you can send us an email to askvina at gmail.com as did Kenny who I believe is in North Carolina. Uh, He says, how do I specifically target potential wholesale deals in reference to the wholesale marketing? And Kenny, that's uh, that's an interesting question because we almost have to back up a step and ask the question, what kind of seller is likely to have the kind of deal that you would need if you were going to wholesale it, which is ugly and cheap and they don't owe a lot of money on it? Because when you when you when you come to the convention and you know, Kathy's saying, oh, you can do, you know, this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. If what you are interested in is wholesaling, you need to be able to pick out from that. Oh, yeah. Now, see, I don't want a luxury home because I'm wholesaling. But that other thing she said about probates, that would probably work. So uh, I guess, Kathy, let me let me reframe the question and say, what kind what kind of sellers do you market to who are going to have ugly, cheap, single family paid off or nearly paid off properties? Okay, 
of uh, two different two different direct mail campaigns that I would do. Number one, vacant properties for sure. And the uglier they are, the better a deal you're going to make. The more difficult it is for you to find the seller, the better a deal you're going to make. So vacant, vacant, ugly properties right at the top of the list. The other thing that I do would, I would, that I would implement to find some great wholesale deals is I would target out-of-state owners. And the way that we do this, Vina, is we go by sale date, sale amount, and assessed value. So we look for folks who have owned their properties for a long time where there's a lot of equity in there. So if they've owned a property, you know, for 30 years or since the property's been built, for example, and there's a high amount of equity um, between the, um, the, sale, the last sale amount and the assessed value, those are going to be the first ones that you're going to target. So to find great wholesale deals, I would target the out-of-state owners just the way I just mentioned and those ugly vacant properties. That's where I would begin. There's other avenues, but that's where I'd start. Very good. A question from Mary in Cincinnati. Many times when I do direct mail, I actually get calls back from agents who are representing the potential seller. Even though the agent may not have a current listing agreement with the seller, would Kathy ask to speak directly to the people you wrote to or will you negotiate with or make an offer to such an agent? I don't, personally, I always go back, I, I don't have that too, uh, happen too often, but it does. Um, if I am contacted by an agent who does not have a current listing agreement, I'm going back to the seller and working with them directly. Um, if the agent has a current listing with that seller, gosh, it depends. Um, that's a scenario by scenario type of situation. Um, because usually, usually, if they have it listed with a realtor, they're looking more for like more high retail, you know, or closer to that retail dollar, which is not what I'm looking for. But sometimes you get some really great estate deals, and I've been able to work through that realtor back to the seller and put a deal together. In fact, we just had one just like that that happened about four weeks ago. Um, and interestingly enough, I made the offer. This, the um, the, sell, uh, the letter went to the seller. Seller gave the letter to the realtor. Realtor called me. Um, I went ahead and made an offer on the property, and the seller and the realtor choked on it, and then the seller choked on it, and then four weeks later they called me back and took my offer. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it works. I mean, it, it it takes five minutes to make an offer or five minutes to to assess a deal. It, you know, if I I'm going to go ahead and get in there, make the offer, you know. And if, if they take it, fine. If not, fine. And, and, and quite often I find that, you know, given, given time and circumstance, you know, things change as time goes on. And that's what happened in this particular instance. Um, you know, four or five weeks later when the seller was just that much more annoyed with his situation, his personal situation, um, he called and said, you know what, just take it off my hands. Let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and they did, and, and we were done. So mm-hmm. that's a, on a case-by-case basis, but possibly, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Kathy, let's have the postcard versus letter debate. Because that's, that's <laughs> always, you know, people, and sometimes sometimes, sometimes I, I just want to shake people and say, who cares, just do something. But right. they, they, they uh, folks get very obsessed with, okay, so postcards are cheaper to print, they're cheaper to mail, they... Uh, uh, don't have to be opened like a letter, but then again, a letter uh, will hold more information and it uh, it seems more 
like serious than a postcard, like less like junk mail than a postcard. Do you do postcards? Do you do letters? Do you do both and why? Okay. Postcards and direct mail campaigns are two completely different animals. Postcards are a shotgun approach. We mail out a whole bunch of postcards to a whole bunch of people that we hope have a property for sale. And we hope that somebody in that big group of folks has a property that they would like to sell to us. So, that, so, so postcards are a shotgun approach. And certainly you can implement postcards into what you're doing. Direct mail campaigns are highly targeted letters going out to specific kinds of sellers to create deals that we want in our business. So with direct mail campaigns using letters, you're going to use fewer of your marketing dollars to create a much bigger response. Because what I do, as you know, Vina, the parameters that I use for each direct mail campaign are highly honed. So they're honed in real specifically to a certain target that's much more likely to want to work with me. So there's a real big difference between postcards and direct mail. Direct mail is very targeted, and postcards are a shotgun approach. And just like you know and I know, you need to implement between three and five different marketing techniques in your business at all times to reach the highest number of sellers. So that's the answer to the question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Should have predicted I was going to get this question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is, this is from Jim, who lives in southeastern Indiana. He says, my fear about direct marketing is that it is going to be effective. The problem is I work full time. I cannot answer the phone at work. If the phone rings, how am I going to, if the phone rings as much as you say it is, how am I going to deal with the slew of incoming calls? Do you recommend an answering service? Can people go to voicemail or should I just hold off until I can quit my job? I love this question. This is the best question yet. My direct mail campaigns are designed for just this kind of person. Um, you first of all, you can mail out as many letters or as few letters. See, one of the unique the unique traits of direct mail, as you know, Vina, is that you're totally in control of what you're doing at all times. You can mail out as many or as few letters, and you will still get results, and you will still get sellers contacting you. That's number one. Number two, almost none of my sellers call me. Ninety um, percent of my sellers. Do not pick up a phone and call me. 90% of my sellers contact me by email, snail mail, and fax. Why is that? Well, because I have created a response mechanism within the body of my letters that tells the seller exactly what information I need from them in order to determine if there's a deal there and how I want them to contact me. So my system is designed exactly for the person that just answered that, that just asked that question. Um, most, of the com- most of the responses that he is going to get if he creates his direct mail campaigns the way I teach you, um, he won't have to be returning a whole bunch of phone calls. And when he gets the responses from his letters, most of his deals are already going to be pre-screened for him. So that takes that obstacle out of the equation for him since he's still working that job. That's one less thing he's got to deal with. So, in other words, Jim, you can control the method by which you have folks respond to you, and uh, you know you can always and what information they're giving you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you can always return the calls after work when they send when they send you emails or however you want to do it. Uh, Okay, Kathy, uh, another another. 
issue that I hear people get just obsessed about. They never they never manage to put one single piece of mail in the mail because they're so obsessed with the idea of cosmetics. How how beautiful and shiny do I have to make my four color postcard? Should I uh, should I have a professional graphic designer design my letter so that it is, it is as pretty as humanly possible? Uh, how much difference in the response rate do those cosmetics make? I mean, can you just send out a white postcard with black type on it and still get response? The more cosmetically gorgeous your letter or your postcard is, the less of a response rate you're going to get. <laughs> It's going to seriously hamper the response rate you get. The more personal, okay, let me speak from the point of letters first. The more personal that letter looks, the more personal that letter sounds, the better a response rate you're going to get. The more corporate you look, the more graphic you look, and, and again, Vina, this comes from 14 years of trial and error and, and testing and tracking. I mean, we test and track constantly. And the more corporate things look, the more people are frightened or scared or, you know, am I going to get the best deal kind of thing. Um, I hear this constantly in my business. I mean, constantly. Well, the reason that we called you or the reason that I sent my letter back to you is, you know, because it looked like you guys were, you know, were a smaller company and we'd be able to work with you one-on-one and then we'd be able to have some conversation and you would understand our situation and so forth. Um, And some of the best response I ever got from postcards were the black and white ones that we did off of USPS.com. And I used those to attract buyers into my my funnel. We use the postcard system to attract buyers and it works very, very well for us. Um, so the more hoity-toity and the more corporate your letters look, the worse of a response rate you're going to get, really. You really want to keep them as personal and easy and simple as possible, and it makes it very easy for anyone to begin implementing direct mail campaigns right away and start getting a really great response. Mm-hmm. So uh, that ought to settle everybody's uh, um, uh, fear about those uh, $0.40 cent a piece full-color postcards that you think you're going to have to buy uh, in order to get any response to your direct mail, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Our numbers here in the studio for your questions, 877-772-9658. Or if you're here in the greater Cincinnati area, just leave off the 877 and dial 772-9658. Or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. With me today is Kathy Kennebrook, who is talking about uh, direct mail to find sellers of properties. Although, Kathy, you did mention that you also use direct mail to find wholesale buyers. And it happens that we have a question here, which I deselected. And now I have to find it again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here it is. Uh, This is from Michael in Youngstown, Ohio. He says, I'm a beginning real estate investor and will be attending OREA. I'm planning on spending my first year focusing on cash generating activities such as wholesaling. What specific action should I be taking right now to build my buyer's list and whatnot in order to hit the ground running after OREA? Please don't use my last name on the air. Because then everyone in Youngstown will know you're wholesaling, Michael. Is that what you're afraid of? That must be what it is. (laughs) (laughs) 
oh, wow, that's a whole seminar all by itself, but let's just cover some quick points. Um, one of the things that I do is I will simply run an ad, for example, on Craigslist, even looking for wholesale buyers, and we've increased the size of our wholesale buyer list significantly just by doing that. So that's one thing they can do. They can also run ads in the newspaper, um, you know, looking for um, looking for buyers of you know vacant houses, you know. Um, looking to wholesale deals and so forth. And I have the language for all of those ads in, 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 my, in my materials also. Um, something else that I do is we have developed a postcard system that we use to find not only wholesale buyers, but retail buyers and lease option buyers. We focus primarily on areas where there are a high number of rental properties, rental houses, apartment complexes, and that kind of stuff. Um, because retail buyers are awesome too. Um, you know, if you're willing to do some rehab and fix the property up a little bit, retail buyers are nice and lease option um, are great and we also do work for equity so um, in that case I can buy what I call medium ugly <laughs> like not a lot of rehab but you know there's some rehab there and, and we um, do work for equity as well and so we use that the list of those buyers in order to fulfill those properties as well so what I would suggest that he might want to do is develop some kind of a postcard um, uh, system to find to find um, some buyers to fill his pipeline. He definitely wants to run some ads, maybe in the newspaper and definitely on Craigslist to start building that wholesale buyer list. I was amazed the first time I I, I, I put an ad on Craigslist. I think we ended up with four brand new wholesale buyers that we had not had before. So they're out there and they're watching. So those are just some real quick um, mm-hmm. uh, answers to that question. Mm-hmm. And the uh, interesting thing about uh, building a buyer's list versus finding sellers is it's easy to find lists of sellers who've inherited properties or uh, sellers who are behind on their taxes or (laughs) things things that look like they they might be good targets it's not as easy to find a list of people who are interested in ugly houses you know so it's a it's a much more um, that 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 end of the of the business and certainly you know in the wholesaling business that is definitely what you should be one of the things you should be spending some time with but it's a much more one by one type of uh, of gathering up of people so michael i mean you you're going to want to join uh mahoning valley ria up there in youngstown they're a, they're an oria related group up there and network with people find out who's who's buying not everybody is and not everybody is buying further there's lots of folks who you know they've got all the stuff they want and they're they're kind of done uh but also do things like you know as you're as you're driving around neighborhoods looking for those vacant ugly houses kathy's talking about when you see one that's got a dumpster in front of it and somebody's loading all the kitchen cabinets out into the dumpster that's a pretty good chance that's a rehabber who right. might be interested in buying the next house after he's got this one so any any anytime you run into somebody who is even expressing any interest in possibly buying someday a property you need to get their information because uh, you never know who's going to turn into a buyer and just because somebody bought 10 houses this year doesn't mean they're going to want your next one so right. the bigger the buyer's list the better the better the other thing that I do, Vina, on on that same subject is when we're driving around, you know how people put the signs out that say investor special, three-bedroom, two-bath, yada, yada? Mm-hmm. I write those phone numbers down and contact those folks as well. That's another way we've built our buyer's list. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, because those are those are um, folks who are, are wholesaling properties as well. And if they can get a good deal, that's or you know, or they're either wholesaling a property or looking to lease option it. So anytime I see a, a sign out that says, you know, investor special, three bedroom, two bath, you know, whatever, and you know, whatever price, that's another um, investor that I'm also going to contact to build my buyers list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, if you have a question for Kathy Kennebrook, the marketing magic lady, it doesn't uh, matter how general or how specific that question might be. You can send it to askvina at gmail.com. I would suggest doing that very quickly, though, since we have about eight minutes left on the air. Or you can give us a call at 877-772-9658. Here is a question from Jody in Maysville, Kentucky. Uh, Jody has said, I have read all, Jody says, I have read all sorts of reports that say that certain days of the week are better than for mailing than others. With the slowdown in the postal service, is that just true or is that still true or do you just drop mailings throughout the week? We drop mailings throughout the week. Whenever my folks have direct mail campaigns ready to go out in the mail, they go. <laughs> there's there's no better time. The only time the only time frame that I use um, is I will start. Actually, this is a, that's a great question, Dean, because one of the things that I do we mail out consistently. That's the big thing, folks. Mail consistently. And one of the things that I do is we will start seriously beefing up our direct mail campaigns from right now until like January and February. Because what happens is during the holiday season, folks are getting letters and, and, you know, and, and communication from people that they haven't heard from all year, and they're opening everything and reading it. So that's, you increase your response rate seriously during the holidays. The other thing that happens is in my, in my world, down here in Florida, tax bills go out November 1st. So now you've got somebody who inherited a property, and now they just got another tax bill they don't want to pay, and now they just became that much more motivated. So we beef up our direct mail campaigns, like from October to January. Or maybe you've got somebody that, you know, they just really need some extra money for Christmas, and then they got this house sitting around that they don't need or want, seriously. <laughs> um, and so that's, that's another thing that we do. Whenever your tax bills go out and during the holiday season are two of the times of the year that you really want to increase and pay attention to how much direct mail you're putting out. Other than that, we mail out consistently. As soon as letters are re- and as soon as our folks have a batch of letters to go, they go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, um, just do something. <laughs> yeah, don't create obstacles for yourself that don't need to exist oh i missed i they said the best day to mail was monday and i miss monday so now i have to wait another week wait, no, wait <laughs> next month. exactly that's all you're doing is creating obstacles for yourself that are completely unnecessary yes do not do that um okay kathy let me let me ask you uh, this question because i know it's a source of frustration sometimes for folks because you know d- direct mail is not free it you know and when you're doing it when you're doing it in batches of uh, hundreds sometimes you know you're you're writing a check for 100 150 bucks to to do that returned mail uh, a lot of these lists that you might be using are uh, end up going to an address where someone no longer lives uh the the vacant ugly properties obviously you're looking for the tax mailing address but you can't always find it uh, with probate cases many times uh the the uh, executor or the person who inherited the property has moved is this something you concern yourself about do you go to great lengths to 
do skip traces on people and track them down? Do you mail it out, see what comes back, and then do skip traces? How do you deal with the returned mail? Okay, the way that I, I deal with, well, first of all, I Are you there? Yeah, yeah, we okay. lost you for a second. You said, first of okay. all. <laughs> I, te- I test my lists. Okay, so my return mail numbers are fairly low because the lists that I'm using are very, you know, they're, they're good lists. But with return mail, what we do is if they come back and there's a new address on there, we readdress it to that new address. If they come back and they're marked vacant or dead across the front, post office just did your job for you. Um, those are properties I'm going after hot and heavy to find the owners of and, and, you know, and, and do the skip trace and find the owners of those properties um, so we can get those under contract or you know, find out if we can get those bought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, very good. Uh, I think we have time for one last question. Yes, we have like uh, one minute left. This is a question from, <laughs> from Ryan in San Diego. He says, in my favorite area, public records are not easily available online. Uh, do you primarily purchase your lists? Do you have them created for you? Or is there some other method for doing this? Well, the first thing that I do, Vina, is I do try to get my, my list from the property appraiser's office. For all of the direct mail campaigns that I do, that's not always possible. So what I have done for my students and my customers is I have created relationships with list brokers who will provide for them the list that they need to do whichever direct mail campaign they want to do no matter where they live in the country. So we've handled that for all of our customers. Okay. Uh, very good. Uh, thank you so much for sharing all of this great information today, Kathy. Some very good specific stuff. I think that uh, the takeaway here is, uh, you know, you need to do direct mail. What are you waiting for? Stop letting all this stuff like what color should it be and what day of the week should I mail it out? Stop you. And of course, check out WMKVFM.org to find out how you can attend the 2012 Ohio Real Estate Investors Association's National New Strategy Summit, November 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and meet Kathy in person. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <music>